Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Air Jerusalem Sandal Wearer. Mr. Air Jerusalem Sandal Wearer. Why wear shoes or socks when you can parade around in the oldest piece of footwear in history to showcase your unwashed, unkempt foot? Now that's what I call a bunion. When you walk into a room, not only do you make a strong fashion statement, you also bring the aroma of stale corn chips. I hope he brought some chili dip. Even with the adversity of yellow toenails, four-inch toe hair, cheese in between your toes, you still rock the Air Jerusalem like a boss. <laughs> so crack open a cold Bud Light, Mr. Tower of the Toe Jam. You remind us all why we wear shoes every day. Mr. Air Jerusalem Sandal Wearer. And Oscar Bush. St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, what's going on? It's Christian Rodriguez, and it is time for the C-Rod Podcast for Sunday, May 14th, 2023. Benny Mardonis bringing us in, and before I even get into this, this guy probably had the fiercest mullet in all of 80s music. Very weird look to him, Benny had. Now, there's a reason why I'm playing this song this week, okay? Because... <laughs> oh man, this guy's so fucking creepy looking. And now I know why. So I'm the kind of guy that like part of liking music for me is knowing what songs are about. Like I'd like to know, you know, like damn, what was that guy going through at that time? You know, like when they wrote that song. Very prominent in the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and then of course after two thousand everything just went to shit. Or should I say the mid-2000s? Like, once smartphones came out, we were, we were done as a nation. But anyway, I used to like that. And I would try to figure out what all these songs are about. What was that person going through when they, when they did that, you know? <laughs> so, th- th- for some reason, this song, I never... Like, it was, it was one of those songs I could take or leave. It was like, it was all right. So, I never really wanted to decipher. I didn't even give a shit, you know? And now I'm looking at this guy's face, and I'm and, and I'm like, this guy looks like a pedophile. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm walking through the giant the other day, and this song came on, you know, like over over the thing, you know, like play music in the giant, right? <laughs> so, going through the first couple bars, you know, and then and then the lyrics come in, and he didn't even hide it. He he opened with it. She's just sixteen years old. What? Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> Back that up. I, I never even thought about it. And he opened with it. That, that's how much I never really paid attention to that song. Like, you ever have songs like you've heard them a million times but you never even fucking paid attention to it? <laughs> it was like that for me. And, then, and I, now I'm in. I'm interested. I'm like, all right, let, let me see what this guy was going through. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All makes sense now why Benny looks like a fucking pedophile. Now, hold on. Let me go back here. I just want to read. I'm going to read. Oh, wait. They don't They don't tell you. I got to go back to the beginning. Hold on. On Spotify, I'm doing this. 
Hold on. Let me. Wait till you hear this. This is crazy. Okay. I'll just give you the first couple lines. She's just 16 years old. Leave her alone, they said. Separated by fools who don't know what love is yet. What? Benny, what are you doing? <laughs> Time out. <laughs> so you separated by fools. So it, means, it means you can't get at her because people are like, dude, she's 16. You, 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 you Stay away from her. You know, and he's like, you're a fool. You don't know what love is yet. Is that real? Does this really what went down? I got to know. So now, uh, now I'm in, I'm in my thoughts. I'm like, I got to, I got to Google some shit. I got to find, <laughs> I got to find out. Was this guy ever convicted? <laughs> what kind of action did he get himself into? You know what I'm saying? Now, I guess in certain <laughs> magazine interviews that he's been in over the years, I guess he was questioned about this because when I typed in into the night, Benny Mardonis, Google automatically populated a, a paragraph of a statement given by old Benny. Now, apparently, he used to hang out with a guy that was actually on this show probably about four to six weeks ago. If you guys remember when I was playing that song from the Rocky Four soundtrack, No Easy Way Out. And, I, and I, when I was coming in that week, I'm like, all right, this song's by, wait, who the fuck is this? <laughs> you know? And I open up the thing, and I'm like, Robert Tepper. I'm like, I, I don't know who that guy is. Right. Well, it turned out Benny and, 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 and Tepper were, were, were pals. I think they lived in like the same apartment building. Now, now the story was that Benny had a 16-year-old girl who used to walk his dog for him. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that Robert Tepper would like never shut up about the girl to 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 Benny. He's like, my God, this fucking girl, holy shit, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, guy, hey, you know, she's just 16 years old. Like, let it go. Now. If anybody else would say something like that, I'd be like, oh, all right. And he's saying, all right, see, so a girl walked the dog. The guy, there's a neighbor that liked her. And the guy said, like, hey, it's just, just let her go. She's a kid. Okay. Okay. You maybe could exonerate yourself from writing such a song. However, do you ever listen to that fucking song? I mean, like, really listen to it? See, here's the thing about, about singers, because I used to be one. Okay. Because I used to be one. <laughs> <clears throat> there were certain songs. Now, even though I never got a chance to play like my own music in, in public, you know, I always did covers, but there were certain songs that like, you know, that were, you know, sentimental to me. So I would, you know, sometimes put a little passion in there. You know, I was saying a little passion, you know, and there were songs I just didn't give a shit about and so on and so forth. But you, you can tell, you can, you can hear it in somebody's voice, what they're feeling or what they're going through when they get into a passionate moment in the song. I'll give you a perfect fucking example. All right, Teddy Pendergrass. <laughs> like if if you're singing a song, okay, and you go off script, you're in your feelings somehow, some way. One of Teddy's biggest fucking songs ever. Wake up, everybody! By the end of the song, he's he's off script like a motherfucker. He's screaming, "Stop using the dope! Knocking the fuck off!" <laughs> what the fuck? Easy there, Ted. You have a stroke, hey! Turn off the lights. One of his, you know, one of his big ones. One of his big songs. What's he doing by the end of that? He's 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 off track. Turn him off! God damn it! <laughs> Turn the fucking lights off. He gets into it. You can you can tell. Now go back and listen to this fucking song, and the whole Robert Tepper story falls apart in a second. <laughs> okay, this guy 
This guy was hurting because he couldn't fuck this 16-year-old, okay? It's, this is a fact. You know? I'll take you into the What the fuck, there, guy? Reel that in. You're talking about a 16-year-old. Like, listen to this. It's more toward the end of the song, kind of when Teddy used to go off. <laughs> and Benny's going off about the same thing. I got news for you, okay? Your story doesn't add up now. Like, all right, example. If you're a singer and you're digging down into your fucking diaphragm and, and like, singing from your solar plexus, it, chances are you're telling the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, he he was he was down. There's certain parts of that song he was downright ready to cry. And I, and I think, I think... When he was recording, man, a couple of you might shed a tear or two. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, you know. But upon further review, listening to that song, walking, you know, just shuffling through Giant the other day, and I heard the 16 years old, and I'm like, now, now listen, in my subconscious, I knew that that was the line that he opened the song with. Everybody does. But then when I kind of, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, peel a couple letters of the onion down, I went, wait just a goddamn minute here. He fucked a 16-year-old or couldn't fuck a 16-year-old and wrote a song crying about it. Guilty. You're guilty, Benny. All right? And that's there's a reason why we haven't heard from you ever again. <laughs> he probably had to go knock on everybody's door. I am a sex offender. <laughs> you imagine being that guy? You know, what's it, Megan's Law or Amber's Law? or There's so many, you know, first name of a girl laws now. I forget which ones are which. White trash name, yes. Mandy. Nope. Marilyn. Nope. Brittany. Nope. Tiffany. Nope. Candace. All I'm right, speed round. Serious. I'm going to rattle off some names, and when I hit you, it, buzz it, okay? I will tell you. You got me? Yeah. All right, Brandy, Heather, Channing, Brianna, Amber, Sabrina, Melody, Dakota, Sierra, Bambi, Crystal, Samantha, Autumn, Ruby, Taylor, Tara, Tammy, Lauren, Charlene, Chantel, Courtney, Misty, Jenny, Krista, Mindy, Noel, Shelby, Trina, Reba, Cassandra, Nikki, Kelsey, Shauna, Jolene, Erling, Claudine, Savannah, Casey, Dolly, Kendra, Kali, Chloe, Devin, Emily, Luke, Becky? Nope. Do you imagine being that guy? You got to go knock around the door. Yeah, I yeah, fucked a little boy. What? <laughs> you, you, where do you live? I'm two doors now. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? So there was a nine-minute intro on a song. <laughs> what do I got for you guys today? Let me see what's going on here. What am I going to start with? Because I got, I got I got some things that some bullets actually relate to each other. I got to try to put them all together. But one thing I will say, there's there's some things about my, my work that it's, it's just funny. My department... All the upper management people are just dickheads. And it's really like that in every job. Like the people in upper management that are right below like the top, it's their job to shit on everybody beneath them to make themselves look like a shiny new penny, you know? And the and, and the lowest level, like the people like me, like they like they will they will make your life a living hell to make theirs just that much better. It's almost like politics. <laughs> Like the career politicians, like they have no, like they, they don't give a shit, uh, you know, like they'll, they'll do anything to us to, to make themselves rich. It's the same thing. 
you know and and th- and those types of people they have no idea what the people at the bottom how they're living they they don't they can't identify with that shit you know like do you think the people in, in washington know what it's like to have pain when you go to the gas pump they have no idea <laughs> they're worth millions it's the same thing in, in these types of things so what ends up happening is they they just shit all over us and that gets to a point where like it, it gets really bad and it comes in waves and then they don't realize like exactly what they're doing to us. And and then and then we start to just, you know, we speak out on it. And then it gets to a point where like, oh shit, oh, we're fucking with them that much. Oh, okay. Well let's let's get them pizza. Pizza. Don't fucking stuff your pizza up your sister's ass there, gay. Fuck your pizza. Give me money. That's what motivates me. And that's what extra work deserves. Money. And I I'll need pepperoni there, Chief. You fuck right off with that. But they do that shit. I remember one time when I was in the department before it, it, it was a wave that got like pretty bad and everybody's more, like people were leaving left and right. We're like, fuck this shit. And that's that's their gauge. That's when they, oh, oh, we're fucking up that bad. Like people were leaving in droves. We lost like seven people in the last month. And now, and now oh, 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 you know, but they're not stopping this time. Now, one time years ago, it, it got to a wave where people were leaving and they brought us beer. Hell yes. Yeah to our desks they just came around with a cart while we're all working at our desk and just you know cranking out beers i'm like like that's your way of saying sorry sorry we made your life a living hell for the last seven months but here you have a have a beer a beer (laughs) give me that bread buddy but they try (laughs) then they come out with these nut ass incentives and I'll give you another Washington comparison in a second. But then they come out with these fucking nut-ass incentives. Like, we're doing all this extra work right now. And they're like, oh, well, if you do even more work than the already crazy amount of work that you can't even get done in eight hours, if you do X, Y, and Z, guess what you're going to get? We're going to be going around giving out candy and chips. Candy and chips? Like, they really think that we're five. Like, the, like they really think that that's going to make us go, oh, my God, I got to get the candy and chips. It's almost like a dog. Like, what are we, dogs? You know, and, and you hold up a piece of bacon and the dog, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Do you think we're going to get fucking, you know, all geeked up about chips and candy? We're fucking grown. But that's how out of touch they are. Much like in Washington. Do you remember? <laughs> Do you remember when they tried to incentivize you for getting a fucking vaccine? Fucking Bill de Blasio. You remember that nightmare? Free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. You're saying I could get this? You delicious fries? Wait a minute. But there's also a, a burger element to this? Let me let me check with Bill Needhart. Is it too early in the day to eat a burger? No. This can be breakfast. Okay. I want you to look at this and think about. Again, some people love hamburgers, some don't. Really want to respect all ways of life. But if this is appealing to you, just think of this when you think of vaccination. Mmm. Vaccination. Mmm. <laughs> I'm getting a very good feeling. About vaccination right this moment. 
that guy's so fucking disgusting for so many reasons. One, he doesn't shower. It's it's documented in Washington. He, the guy doesn't fucking shower. You know, but like, did you hear? Mm, 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 vaccine. Mm. Like, did they really think the American people are five? Hmm. Let me see. Let me go. Out, let me go out and get this vaccine. I'm still going to get COVID. I'm still going to spread it. I'm still going to get sick from it. And then also there's 700 pages of side effects, people dying, people getting myocarditis, all kinds of shit. <laughs> but, oh, a Shake Shack burger? I'm in. I'm willing to put this shit in my body that's got maybe a, a month of data so far. We have no idea what the long-term effects are. But if I can get a burger, I'm fucking in. We had this nut-ass incentive one time. I, I, I lost it. I, I was only there for about a year at this point, but it was one of those times where things were getting bad again. You know, the wave was going bad. People were starting to leave left and right. Now, this was back when we had like 85, 90 consultants. Now there's 25 of us. But this was back when the floor was packed. And they stopped everything. And they gathered us all around in this big-ass huddle, right? And the two, like, two of the guys in upper management come walking out. And one of them, in his hand, He was holding a stuffed puppy, little puppy dog in his hand. Yeah. He stopped the whole entire floor. He stopped the whole entire floor. He stopped production. They stopped everything to bring us in, into this fucking circle to say, oh, okay. Hey, oh, now, by the way, before I even get started, two filler words from every person in management in my company. Okay. One is right. Everything, uh, well, we, we had a bad quarter, right? You know, so what we need to do, right? Uh, in the next quarter, we got to just do better, right? It, like everything has right on it, and it's, it's, it's maddening. The other one that's even more maddening, though, is they say gang for everything. Like in the email, hey, gang. They come in the office, hey, gang. And it's every single man, hey, gang. You'll gang bang your fucking mother, all right? I said, all right, I'll tell you something. Go fuck your mother. <laughs> gang. So this dipshit raises this freaking puppy dog in the air, and he goes, oh, this is what we're going to be doing from now on. We have a new award in our department, and uh, 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 his name is Murphy. Mur- what, what, what are we doing? What is this? <laughs> you know, I got work to do. What, what are we doing? And, and we're going to give this to the person that not only uh, does a good job every day, but the people who go above and beyond, and they help their teammates and help everybody else and are a team player. So we're going to give it to this first person, and then at the end of the week, she gets to go and pass it on to another person who, who does a good job. I have a belly button. You have a belly button? Well, we all have belly buttons. I'm in my fucking 40s, and you're talking about a fucking dog. Not even a real one. A, a, a stuffed, build-a-bear-ass dog. And, and I'm supposed to get motivated to, to go above and beyond so I can have a fucking stuffed animal on my desk for a goddamn week. As soon as we got out of that huddle or whatever the fuck it was, I sat down at my desk and I went to my team. I said, don't even think about giving me that fucking thing. Because if you give me it, I'm taking it outside and I'm punting it or setting it on fire or I'm drowning him in the lake in the back. One of the three, it, it, that's, that's going to happen. I'll, I'll, I'll send a message about old Murphy, all right? 
So the first person that got it was this girl that sat in front of me, and she was just like a Susie Q, you know, goody two-shoes, you know. And, you know, they gave it to her, but rightfully so. I kidnapped the fucking thing. <laughs> I fucking stole it. I put a note on her keyboard while she was out to lunch. I'm like, I got Murphy. I want 100 grand in 20s. Cash. <laughs> Here's the meeting place. No cops. Don't get fucking funny. I'm going to slit Murphy's fucking throat. I don't even know how it fizzled out. It, it eventually fizzled out. But the funny thing was, is like, you know, back then when you had so many people on the floor, you had groups. It was like high school. You know, you had the geeks, you know, like the geeks and the dorks. You know, you had the popular people. You had the people who didn't give a fuck about nothing. You, you know, like it was just a bunch of groups of people. Well, <laughs> knowingly so, that Murphy got passed around to all the fucking dorks. And once it got through that, you know, faction, Murphy was dead. But what I'm trying to say is what the fuck are you thinking? Uh, candy and chips? We're going to get motivated by it. We're going to get motivated by a stuffed fucking dog. Is this Sesame Street? Since I told you guys uh, last week that we had to, you know, get up and leave our building in the middle of the night like we're thieves. You know, our last day in the office was that was that day. You would think this is the last time we were ever going to work in an office setting ever in this place you'd think they'd you know maybe hook us up now <laughs> oh we'll get you lunch today oh god i can't wait to see what this is so of course they get pizza and and it, uh, just it's garbage pizza by the way where they get it from but here's the here's the here was the bigger slap in the face they got wings right <laughs> and i've said this before on this show like this shouldn't even be a thing they got breaded wings breaded wings and I said, who outside of a five-year-old or a freaking hobo is going to eat breaded wings? As if that was not bad enough, they committed one of the bigger mortal sins that you can commit whilst eating wings. They got them barbecue. Black barbecue tastes so good, make you want to slap your mama. Don't it, Willie? Yeah, boy. Hey, mama. What the hell you want, Willie? Now... If anybody who knows me, okay, when it comes to genres of food, Italian food, barbecue, like that, uh, I fucking love barbecue, but not on wings. I'll I'll even do barbecue sauce on pulled chicken, but on wings, nah. I need my motherfucking Franks. <laughs> Only two ways, in my opinion, you can eat wings. Either hot or garlic parmesan, either or. And blue cheese, no ranch. It's either blue cheese with wings or go fuck your mother. <laughs> God bless Joey Diaz. But yeah, they got that. They got breaded, breaded, crusty. And it was this shit was crusty. Man, I'm like, it looks like you want to class it up a little bit. It's the last time we're ever going to be seeing each other outside of a, you know a, a company event. Give us that slop. You know, but wait, the wave is really bad right now, you know, to the point where people are leaving. They're they're leaving in droves, and it's like, all right, well, so hopefully after the last couple of weeks of what we've been going through, they, they take their foot off the throttle, but it doesn't even seem like they're going to do that now. But anyway, another good element of my job, as you guys know, dealing with these sales reps. Now, I got this. You're going to love this. You remember when I told you about that guy that I used to work with, the guy that called me a spick? 
and he you know he said he, he said he knocked out Muhammad Ali in a, in a, in a bare knuckle street fight you know he's he was the uh the world long drive champion in golf you know he, he went to West Point and all that was just a bunch of bullshit because salespeople that's what salespeople do they, they 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 need to talk about themselves like they're like they're special you're when really you're a fucking dickhead I get this kid right it was like his second sale and it, it, I can tell I've been doing this long enough I can tell where they're at in their career with us I could tell if it's your first sale I could tell if it's your 500th I can just tell and I knew this guy was green I knew it you know so it was just two different kinds of ads it was like Facebook ads and like display ads that's what we were doing for this particular client right so we get the proofs back, and he's like, oh, hey, man, you wanna, can we jump on a call about these ads, man? I'm like, no, you can email me what you want changed. I, I really don't have time, you know, to spend with you, dickhead. But I, I, I get on the call, right? He's like, all right. Well, you know, uh, all right. He's like, all right, I'm going to meet with the guy on Friday, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll get with you about the changes. I'm like, okay, so why did we just get on the phone now so you can let me know that you're going to meet the guy on Friday? What am I, your boss? How about an email? Yeah, I'm going to meet with the guy Friday, so I'll have shit for you. Why did we have to get on a call for that? Because sales reps love to hear themselves talk. That's exactly why we got on a fucking call. Wait till you hear this dipshit. <laughs> right. So we, I, I was in sales with this company, and what they do is they want you to dumb shit down as much as possible. Again, like you're talking to a five-year-old, much like, <laughs> much like Washington, like I said. You know, and when they were training us on it, like, you know, on how to, how to, you know, give presentations, like I need to do that. I'm old school, you know, like we're going to have a conversation and I'm going to talk to you. Like I've known you for a long time, you know, like I don't need to do all the show and tell bullshit, you know, cause the savvy guy is going to see right through that. Right. So, and they, they do it. So like you're talking, like I've been in trainings where they did it I've done, and, and the way that they did it, I'm like, if they presented that to me and I was a business owner, I would tell you to go fucking jump in the lake. Because it wasn't real. It was all it was all smoke and and, and smoke and mirrors and, and pie in the sky and and fluff. It's, it's all it is, right? So this is all this guy knows. That's that, like it's all he fucking knows. So so he meets with the guy on Friday, and then he, he sends me a team match on Friday at like four thirty. Hey, can we jump on a call about these? That no, you can fucking email me, you dipshit. No, I just got to talk to you for five minutes. And I get, okay, I call the fucking guy. Okay, no, no, don't call my phone. Can we do a Teams thing so I can share my Share your screen? No, I'm not the guy. Fine. Because the thing is, we, we have to do this. Like, if we say no, they'll go to their manager and go to my manager. We've, we've talked about that before. I'm like, all right, whatever the fuck. I get on this Teams thing. He shares his fucking screen. Okay, now the first thing. On his Facebook ads, it said, like, you know, in business for 30 years. This guy sold used cars. And he, now this guy goes, now I'm thinking, um, you know, instead of saying in business for 30 years, right, I'm thinking that we say, like, because they're so creative, all, the, all these people, that, like, they think that they're creative, and it's like, no, you're not. I'm thinking instead of 30 years, we go in business since the mid 90s huh yeah uh, i'm like guy and i said this right to him i'm like you're splitting hairs i said there's no there, i said nobody nobody is going to be scrolling down facebook 
and they're going to see, oh, in business for 30 years, I'll oh, fuck that. I'll scroll right past it. But, oh, the guy that's in the since the mid-90s, oh, now I need a car. I'm like, you have no idea how, like, how, how irrelevant that is. And he's like, oh, okay. And he, he like, tucked his tail between his legs. Like, he thought he was this big, smart guy, and I, I just basically shit all over him. You know? And, oh, oh okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, dipshit. Like, you know, here's what, here's what you're not realizing, okay? You, you've you been here for a cup of coffee. I, I'm, I'm, I've been here six fucking years, okay? I, I, you're not going to teach me nothing, all right? So now he goes, all right, so here's what we want to change the copy to for these. He, had, he, he was like a frat guy. You could tell. I want to change the, all right, here's what we're going to do. And he pulls up a fucking Word document, right? And he started doing what he was trained to do, all right? Put the thing up on the screen. So I can see it. And now, if you put a Word document up on the screen, I'm a skim reader. I'll, I'll, I'll blow right through that thing in, in 10 seconds. What did he do? All right, so here's what it's going to be. And he, he took his mouse and went to the first line and started reading it to me. I, I was furious. I cut him off. As soon as he got to the first sentence, I went, guy, 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 guy. I said, we're not doing this. I said, I said, first of all, I don't need to watch you. I said this right to him. I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I don't, I don't need you to read this to me. What I'm, what I've already read. I read the whole fucking page. I'm not going to sit here for another seven minutes watching you, you know, think that you're special because you're not. I said, is this what we want to put on the ad? He goes, yeah. I said, email it to me, and I will give it to the appropriate party who's actually going to like do something with it. Fucking dick bag. <laughs> like all these pe- salespeople, man. I'm sorry. And if you're in sales, I'm sorry. But salespeople, man, like, talk about, like, my shit don't stink. Like, I'm the most special person in the room. It's just like, my God. Now, here's where the guy was. <laughs> Complete bullshit. This this, this is gold. This is hilarious. Uh, it's so fucking funny. I, I didn't even have the heart to say anything to the guy. Because the first time that we were on the phone, like, towards the end of the conversation, like, he started with the small talk bullshit. And I'm like, oh, God. You know, and he, he was saying something about like he was going to make a video for the ad. And he's like, yeah, you know, because back in the day, you know, like I used to make like, you know, basketball, like mixtape videos, you know, and I can like edit them out and, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what, what do you mean mixtape video? I'm like, what, like, like pro basketball. He's like, yeah, you know, pro in college. And then like, you know, me when I was in college and I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, I'm like, yeah, you know, he's like, why are you a basketball fan? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, Sixers are playing tonight. You know, it's an important playoff game, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, you're a Philly guy and blah, blah, blah. He goes, oh, all right, well, then you'll know this, you know, back in the day. You know, James Harden, he, he didn't have a beard. Grizzly Adams had a beard. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. I'm like, are you, are you think you're the only one with this knowledge? Like, I, I watched him play in college. I, I, <laughs> the fuck? But here's the thing. He was like, yeah, you know, whenever I played against Harden, I shut him the fuck down. Did you knock out Muhammad Ali in a bare knuckle street fight too, by any chance? I don't know. You a golfer? He shut down James Harden, so now I got to go in the company directory and see what his fucking dipshit looks like. Right? He's a big freaking galoot white guy. 6'9", he was. And I'm like, oh, you shut down James Harden? I said, wait, you said you got a mixtape? Where can I find this mixtape? 
He goes, oh, go on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I go to YouTube. This is fucking unbelievable. This is why I, I, I couldn't understand why this guy would even put his name on this. I, like, this was crazy. So he's playing in some, for some rinky-dink fucking community college. Like, every time, every, every you know, mixtape location that they fucking had was like a high school gym. <laughs> like, there's no fans. There's no nothing. I'm, I'm like, where's the beard? Where's, where's, where's Harden at in your mixtape? You got, you got yourself, you know, you got yourself taking him to the hole? Or, or, or maybe, you know, like swatting one of his shots into the third row? Oh, wait, there's not a third row. You're in a high school gym. So I watched this mixtape and I I couldn't I couldn't believe my eyes. It was basically just highlights of him like, you know, whenever he happened to touch the ball. There was two there were two clips in his highlight reel. Highlight reel. That's what he's calling this is what a mixtape is. Two times in his mixtape, he shot an air ball. I sw- I swear to God. Matter of fact, I, you know, I don't have it in front of me, but I'll have to go I'll have to let you guys know what that is in the future so you can see it. Right. But he and any highlight like where he actually scored, you know, it was like, okay, here's what a mixtape is. Okay. Michael Jordan, you know, all of his highlight dunks, you know, Dominique Wilkins, all of his highlight dunks. He was known as the human highlight reel. That was his nickname. You know, all Larry Bird's, you know, buzzer beaters, you know, like, like big time shit. Here's what his highlights were. <laughs> him him shooting a 16-foot jump shot and it bounces off the rim six times and, and just trickles in. That's like his big highlight. Like, like no dunks, no nothing. He's 6'9". <laughs> no dunks, just little, little, you know. And he was he was like big and slow and just, uh. I'm like, you put that out there like like for the world to see? Fucking salespeople are just dipshits. I'm telling you. Had some sirens going off here for the last like five minutes. I guess somebody got shot here on this fine Sunday here in Norristown. <laughs> Unbelievable. But I am up against a break. So we, there we go. About seven minutes over. It's been 27 minutes to talk about Benny Mardonis and my job. <laughs> And just quick heads up in the dashboard. It's funny. It's, you know, like I said, I, th- I think the grand total was 127 people in the last two weeks. You know how much we got last week? Two. <laughs> but then again, I kind of calmed down on posting that thing because I'm hearing a lot less about Dylan Mulvaney. You know. But way over time as usual lately. Up against a break here. So that's fucked up. Get off my lawn. And as a man, another long bullet list this week. So I got to, you know, take this time while I'm mixing and master to see what I'm going to pick from. But make sure you keep it locked right here on the C Rod podcast. Don't go away. Hey guys, Christian here. And you still haven't gotten that home improvement job done yet? For that, I got two questions for you. One, what are you waiting for? And two, What's the biggest investment that regular people like you and me are going to make in their lifetime? Of course, it's going to be their home, right? It's a 30-year commitment. You're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you always want to protect that investment, but you also want to enhance that investment and make it look as good as you possibly can in and out. And that is where my friend Chris Jackson comes in. I've been telling you about this guy for two years. He's the leader of his industry. Nobody is better in the Philadelphia area. You can trust me when I tell you that. And essentially, he's a one-stop shop because there's nothing Chris can't do. 
He'll do general and custom carpentry, custom design, custom built-in cabinetry, high-end custom-built tables and chairs, elegant staircases, high-end home bars, refinishing basements. There's nothing this guy can't do, and he does it better than everybody else. And he said something to me one time that made so much sense when you speak to quality. He said, if you want to get your kitchen redone for $7,000, I'm not the guy you want to call. And that really stood out to me when it comes to quality in his field, because he knows the game. He knows if somebody's going out there looking for the cheapest price possible, you're going to get some shady contractor who's going to use poor materials, he's going to have shoddy labor, and then you're going to call him back in two years when everything falls apart and get the same thing done again. Then two years later, get the same thing done again. Two years later, get the same thing done again. When you could have just called Chris the first time and got it done right the first time. When you call Chris Jackson, he is going to use the top quality materials with precision labor, and he's going to get it done right the first time. It's going to be built to last. It's going to be built with class. I told you before, this guy was never around in the summertime on the weekends because he was outside hustling, perfecting his craft. And now 20 years later, he's at the top of his industry and he's at the top of his industry for a reason. Like I told you before, go to his website, cjacksoncontractors.com. His Facebook and Instagram page are linked to that website and you can see all the work that he posts every day. And every single day, this kid blows my mind. So what are you going to do when you need your next project done? You're going to call my buddy, Chris. Action Jackson, C. Jackson Contractors, the Cadillac of Contractors, cjacksoncontractors.com. Call Chris today. Tell him I sent you. All right, welcome back to the C-Rod Podcast. It's another hidden gem. Expose. See, even the, the 80s was even good for, like, dance music, which I hate dance music, but I even liked this shit back in the day. Because everything was, like, catchy. You know? I just, you know, it didn't matter. It really didn't. Like, there weren't really songs back then that, like, they came on the radio. I'm like, I hate this fucking song. Like, they were all great. <laughs> I was reading something on a public Facebook page the other day where they asked, if you're eating a burger and fries, do you do you like have a bite of the burger and then have some fries and then and, and vice versa? Or do you eat the burger first and then eat all the fries? Or do you eat all the fries and then eat the burger? And I, and I thought about it and I'm like, well, that's a, I mean, I, I knew right away. I'm like, I'm like, I eat my fries first. And then, like, the burger's, like, the main event. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was curious, and I'm like, because they said something about, like, if you do this, your brain works this way. If you do it this way, your brain works that way, or whatever the case may be. So I went into the comments. I'm like, I got to see this. And and nine out of ten of them were do it the same way that I do. And it, it, for a different reason. They they were, I don't even know why I do it. It's, <laughs> you know, it's just the way that I've done it my whole life. But everybody else is saying, like, yeah, you got to eat the fries first because if you eat the burger first, then the fries are going to get cold. And I don't even give a fuck about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll eat anything cold. I really will. Shit doesn't bother me. You know? Like, if I eat a cheesesteak, if I have, like, a half a cheesesteak and, like, I wrap up the rest and, like, save it for later, I, like, I don't... A cheesesteak's never going to be the same way when you reheat it. It's just... You just can't... No matter what which way you heat it up, it's never going to be the same than when you got it. 
you know. So I'll just leave it out, you know, and then, you know, hours later, I'll just, I'll eat it, you know, cold or room temperature. I don't give a shit, <laughs> you know. But what do you guys do when you eat a burger and fries? It's a little bit different, I think, for me, though, when you when you have a plate of, like, home-cooked food. That, that then, you know, that's a different story. You know, I'm not going to eat all of one thing and all of another thing and all of another thing. I'm not a goddamn aardvark. But, <laughs> you know, but burgers and fries is a little bit different to me. I think I thought about that because of that Bill de Blasio thing that I played on the other side there. But anyway, both the get off my lawn segment and that's fucked up segments are going to be pretty quick this week. So we'll have that coming up a little bit later, but I wanted to tell you guys, I I was watching TV last week. As a matter of fact, I think it was on Sunday and I forget what I was watching, but I saw a commercial for like, you know, another show that was like coming on tonight and it was a, it was a series premiere. It was the very first episode of the show and now Stone Cold Steve Austin has his own show again for the 37th time. It's like, come on, A&E. You, you know, the first 36 didn't work. I don't, I don't think this one's going to either. And you know what the funny thing is, before I get started on this? Anybody who was anybody in, in the late 90s, all right, was, was into the Attitude Era of, of wrestling. It was, it was one of the greatest eras of all time. In fact, I think it was the last great era. That's like, after that era, that's when wrestling just shit the bed. Because it's horrible now, you know, and I haven't watched it in like 20 years. But if you did, you, you know, you watch that because it was like every week you wanted to see what Degeneration X was going to do. You wanted to see what The Rock was going to do. You wanted to see what Stone Cold was going to do. And I fucking love those guys, man. Like, it was great. But when they all retired, like, I hate them all now. <laughs> like it's, I'm serious, man. I see, I, I've talked about The Rock on this show. That dude needs to go the fuck away. All right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so done with that guy spewing all his bullshit i wake up at three o'clock every day and i work out twice and then at five o'clock i work out and at nine o'clock i work out now yeah okay i don't care how many fucking times you work out there guy at your age you can't look the way that you look without like human growth hormone i'm, I'm sorry you just can't yeah oh, what's that you're 50 and you're walking around looking like you're 95 percent cgi i doubt it all right you're you're, you're cutting corners somewhere there chief but it's just all of his bullshit. Like, you know, he comes out in the Super Bowl and talks like The Rock. No, I don't want to hear that shit no more. I was to leave it where the fuck it was. But Stone Cold having these shows, man, it's starting to get downright embarrassing. So he's got this one now. And I think in the commercial, he's like, this is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I got a new show coming up tonight at 8 o'clock. Stone Cold Steve Austin takes on America. I went, takes on America. I'm like, so what is this going to entail? Because of all those other shows that were failures, what is this now? So basically, he's driving around in an RV across the country, and he's having people, you know, like if there was anything that they felt that that he needed to see or he needed to do or he needed to experience, they would send it like to the Instagram page, and then he would go and make his way there and do whatever it was that they needed him to do. So, you know, he's... Stone Cold never backs down from a challenge. Tune in at 8 o'clock, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. And then you go and do it all the And he, he turn on the thing, right? And it's the now you got to bear in mind, it's the first fucking episode. You know what I'm saying? Now, it's like I said before. It's like if you're doing comedy, you got to open with a banger, and then you got to end with a banger. It's just the way it is. Everything else in the middle is just fluff. But you gotta, you got to grab the attention of the viewer you know, or a listener or whatever it is. 
So the very first challenge, a Stone Cold takes on America. I'm thinking, are they going to make him like you know climb this hundred foot wall? Is he going to have to go like zip line and through? Like, what is he? What what does this entail? We still don't know yet. So the very first thing that he fucking does, <laughs> he gets an email somewhere in butt fuck Utah. And I'm thinking, okay, Utah, and you know, it's Mormon County out there, but I mean, from what I understand, there's like some views out there, you know, whatever. So he's probably going to have to go out in like the desert or some shit. No, he didn't do that. The message came from a woman who was like 142 years old. And she goes, oh, you think you're so big and you're so bad, Stone Cold? Well, guess what? You, you can't beat us. I want you to come down to Utah and beat us at bowling. Stone Cold takes on America, and the very first thing you're doing is is going out to Mormon country to beat a bunch of old bags at bowling. You're embarrassing yourself, you geriatric fuck! Now... That's that's the first thing that you did on, on that fucking show. So he he goes out there, right? <laughs> Drives the RV all the way to Utah, goes into this fucking bowling alley, and he finds these people. Now, when I say these bitches were old, okay, it's like they made Golden Girls look like Girl Scouts, like that they had one foot in the grave. But she's an old lady. I mean, look at her. She's old. You can't just take her stuff. She's too old you know what i'm saying it was just like oh my god so they start the whole thing right and they they kicked the shit out of him (laughs) they beat the balls off them when they were going to pick up the i swear to god when they went to go pick up the bowling ball i thought they were going to die like like they were they're going to be dead by the weekend and they beat the living shit out of stone cold steve austin big bad stone cold steve austin in the first fucking in the first segment of a new show called Stone Cold Takes on America. I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> you got to be fucking kidding me. So, two jobs ago, I worked for this printing company. I was basically like their driver. I delivered like you know, uh, finished printing products all over the place, Center City, uh, everywhere, you know. And when I wasn't, you know, when I didn't have any deliveries, I basically helped out like in the bindery, which is like, it's, it's basically the finishing department of a printing company. Like if you, if you have like shit printed and you got to make books out of it, then there's machines to make books and yeah, shit like that. I remember I got the job on the spot because I was working at another place and I, 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 it was one of those things where I was ready to walk out type of deals. And I said, when I'm done work today, I'm going looking for a new job. I left early, as a matter of fact. Now, this, this was the this is back in 2006 or 2007, where like you can actually go and like fill out an application physically somewhere or drop off a resume. You know, it wasn't like all online. So I'm just dry, I'm you know, I'm just riding around the neighborhood looking for places to get a job. So I walk into this joint, and it turned out that their their driver had like no call, no showed the day before, like like quit. And this guy, from what I understand, it's this is funny the way that this happened because I walked in and it was like that that guy quit like the day before. And I walk in, I'm like, "You guys looking for any drivers?" And the guy's like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, is this a joke? How did you know to come in here?" <laughs> I'm like, "I don't know, just fucking looking for a job." 
happened to be that the timing was perfect. So now, this place was ran by like an uncle and a nephew. And the nephew was, you know, he flew off the handle a lot, but like he was, you know, if he, deep down, he was a cool dude. He looked like George Costanza, right? And he had, uh, his uncle was like the main owner of the place, right? And when I tell you that this guy was a scumbag in every sense of the word, this guy was a scoundrel, it, like every sense of the word. He, he would rip you off, you know, while he's looking at you right in the eye. He's, he, he ripped people off. He was just a shyster, this fucking guy. And, and not only that, with women, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He was the, he was the biggest creep. <sighs> it was nuts. If, if like a, a, an attractive like saleswoman came in or, you know, somebody from one of our vendors or like a, a client, which clients really never came in much, but when they did, this guy would like hop over desks and like run just to get at him. I'm like, you're, you're fucking disgusting. We actually had like a salon around the corner that we did their, we either did their business cards or we did like their brochures or I don't know what the fuck, but I, I had to deliver there like once a month. And I would always go in, hey, but you know, like, we always have a good time. You know, like I, I would crack a couple jokes, you know. And one time they told me, like, I think I said something about him because I, I he did something creepy, like to a woman. That was, it was like five minutes prior because it was like right around the corner. I was like, oh, I don't know, just something creepy just happened. I'm a little, you know, a little turned off today, you know. And they're like, wait, wait, you talking about John? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, what, what is this going to be? And they're like, whenever he comes, he comes in here just to get his hair washed. And when, and when he does, like, as, as he's being washed, like, he starts, like, moaning and, like, groaning, like, ooh, ooh. And, and like, it was, they were like, it's, it's so gross. They're like, every time he comes in, we're like, like, we all act like we're busy. Like, nobody wants to do it because he's a fucking creep. He was probably fucking whacking it underneath the apron. You know what I'm saying? This dude was a creep. I'll tell you about one thing he made me do. I can't believe I did it, but I, actually I had no choice. It was similar to that John DeClarico story I told you last week, but I'll get to that in a second. So so now like it was like they decided, like, okay, well, this guy's a godsend. Like Somebody quit yesterday, and he's right on our doorstep. He was, he's not coughing or tipping over, you know? So now they take me back to like meet who was going to eventually be my supervisor, and then I met the uncle in, in the back. And now, now it's time to talk turkey. You know, I'm like talking about money, and he come he he comes up to me, and I when I first laid eyes on him, I'm like, dude, you're fucking you you're creepy looking. He just had that look, you know. So he had to make a federal case about what the money was going to be. Like he had to he, he he like you know covered his hand and like wrote it on a piece of paper and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And he he like he didn't hand me the piece of paper. He just like came over and stood next to me and showed it to me. And I looked down and it said eight dollars. And I before even being hired at this place, I achieved legendary status <laughs> because I looked down, I look at it, and he's looking at it and looking at me like, huh, 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 like it was uh, like a lot of money. I'm like, uh, so I immediately laughed in his face. I went, I, I said, wait a minute, an hour. And he goes, yeah. And I went, <laughs> and this, I, and as I'm doing that, the supervisor had like, he had a look on his face, like, oh my God, he's like laughing at this dude. Right. So he's like, what? I'm like, I'm like, you need to triple that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck you there, gay. 
And he didn't quite triple it, but he more than doubled it. And, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, that was my first impression of this guy. He could afford to pay me what he ended up ultimately paying me, but he offered me that. So right away, I'm like, I know what fucking kind of guy this guy is. You know, so like, I think like the very first day, you know, cause it, and, and it turned out my supervisor was like, you know, like at about that moment, he was like, well, what, he's like, what the hell was that all about? And then, and then the guy was like, the, the supervisor was like, well, you get what you pay for. You know, if, you, if you're going to pay somebody $8 an hour, you're going to get an $8 an hour employee. This guy asked for this. Let's see what he can do. So it turned out that the guy before me, like, he was a piece of shit. You know, he was probably getting paid $8 an hour because, like, they would give – we had a lot of deliveries in Center City. And, I, you know, I know Center City very well, you know, but – this guy apparently would like take a delivery to Center City in the morning and he wouldn't be back till like the, the end of the day. And there's like other deliveries that have to be made that they would have to use like a courier service for. So like they were they were they ended up paying for courier services and that driver the same thing that they're paying for me. You know? So I the first day I come in there, right? And it's like eight o'clock and they're like and we're loading the van up and they're like, All right, this this one for University of Penn has that you gotta do that one first. So I think I had to go to like Penn and then Drexel and then, you know, a few other places in the city. And he's like, that's got to be there first. It's got to be there by like 10 o'clock. You know, he's like, so, you know, just do the best you can, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right. You know, and I knew, you know, I, I didn't know what they were expecting because I, I didn't hear about the other guy yet. So I do all the deliveries. I, I left about 830. I did all the deliveries. I came back. It was about 1030. And I walk in and I, I see the uncle who's like just getting in for the day. And he looks at me. He's like, what, what are you doing here? Oh my God, we, we had to get that, that job to pen today and blah, 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 blah. Hey, hey, relax. I'm like, I, I, I did it. He's like, you went there and came back already? I'm like, yeah. You know, and then, and then the supervisor's like, see, you get what you fucking pay for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right? But this guy did this shit. I, this, is, this is the ultimate level of scumbaggery. We moved into a new building and the building was pretty big. And half of the you know half the buildings for production half the building is for office you know so like we had this big concrete floor where they like the presses went and all this other shit and there was all kind of work that needed to be done you know in in that place and the two guys that worked that you know that i worked for like in the bindery they were from south philly and they were just blue collar guys you know and they would you know they would eat up overtime whenever they can get it you know they would always be like hey you want to come in on saturday i'm like yeah i'll see you there <laughs> You know, like, you know, I would never do that shit. Like, fuck that. I ain't working weekends, man. You know, but they did it because they sucked up overtime. Well, there was all kinds of shit that needed to be done around this place. And this, this guy was using them for cheap labor. Like they would come in on Saturday and Sunday. They're fucking hanging sheetrock and, and painting and doing all this shit. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, this is how cheap this guy is. If you would, if you would have called a contractor in you know, to hang all that rock and do all that painting. You would have spent thousands of dollars, but now you're, you're paying these guys, you know, like time and a half, like where you would pay typically $3,000. You're basically paying them 300. I'm like, that's just scumbag shit. So one day <laughs> I'm in there and I'm just finishing up lunch and, and this, this creep fucking trapped me, you know, like I was walking out and he, he just happened to appear out of nowhere. I'm like, fuck. So he comes up to me and he was like, Hey, Christian, how you doing? I'm like, oh, this guy is a fucking creep. I'm good. What, what, what do you want? You know? And he's like, do you know what epoxy is? I'm like, yeah, I know what epoxy is. Why, why are you asking me? Well, you got, you, you, you need me to deliver something? What, what, what are you doing? 
And he goes, no, you see this floor? Like, and I'm, we're standing on the concrete floor. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, is this guy going to ask me to fucking epoxy this entire floor for my hourly wage? Because if he does, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab him by his fucking tie and throw him in the dumpster. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, uh, what are you doing on Saturday? I'm like, I'm going to the Phillies game. <laughs> I don't even think the Phillies were playing. It was like February. <laughs> He's like, no, but you know, you can come in. I'll pay you time and a half, and you can paint it. You know, you can epoxy the floor. And, and if you would have seen the size of this fucking place, this was like a a, a, a five thousand dollar job. You had to pay me two hundred. <laughs> I'm like, no, I I really don't feel like doing that. What I can do <laughs> is I could padlock every entrance to this building and set it on fire with you in it. If you'd like that, <laughs> you know, like fucking trying to get me to be cheap labor guy. And now, and now for the John DeClarico story of what this asshole made me do. <clears throat> Every day, at the end of the day, I would have to take... Now, we had customers. We also... That company also owned, like, a direct mail house where, like, if you needed to do bulk mailings and shit like that, which went hand-in-hand hand with a printing company because people will do, like, you know, mailers. So, like, we would print, you know, the cards that you basically get in your in your mailbox that you you throw right in the trash can, Th- that shit, you know? So I would have to go to the Langhorn post office every day at the end of the day and drop off like a fucking van full of bulk mail. That shit was labor, you know? <clears throat> and if there were any deliveries in that direction, I would save it for when I would go there and I would just hit it on the way back. Cause we had clients like we had, uh, St. Mary's hospital was it was a big client of ours. And I remember one day I'm I'm just I'm just pulling into the post office and I had to go to St. Mary's afterwards. And it started raining like right before I got to the post office and I went to go put the windshield wipers on and they go on, they go up, you know, they go up, they go down, they go up, they go down, they go up, and they got halfway stuck down the fucking thing. Like they just stopped working. I think it was probably like a fuse or some shit. And I actually had fuses, believe it or not, in, in the van. I went and changed out the fuse and that wasn't what it was. Like this is a bigger issue. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I, I gotta I gotta drive from here to St. Mary's and then I gotta, you know, I gotta drive from St. Mary's back to the thing. I'm like, oh God. And I'm looking like I'm checking like what the weather is and what it's like it's gonna rain. Like this thing it's starting now is here to stay. And I'm like, fuck. So I'm pulling out of this fucking place and I'm like, and and this it was the kind of rain that was like it was like a heavy mist. It wasn't actually like big raindrops. I actually might have been able to survive that. Like meaning I'd be able to see through, but like that mist, man, that covers your windshield like it's almost like snow. I'm like, "Fuck, like what am I going to do? I can't see." I, I like I'm I am I was literally Ace Ventura. I stuck my head out of the van as I was driving it and like no no bullshit. So I get <clears throat> I get to this gas station and I called my supervisor. I'm like, "Guy, I'm like, I can't go to St. Mary's, man. I'm like, I, I have to sit here and wait this. It's supposed to rain. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, the windshield wipers are broken. It's 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 raining like a motherfucker out here. I can't see shit. It's getting dark. In fact, at that time, it was dark. And I'm like, I can't I can't make this delivery, man. I, like I said, I don't even know how I'm going to get back. I'm, I might have to have a friend come pick me up or some shit, and we'll figure it out in the morning. And he goes, all right, all right, well, let me let me just tell John. You know, Let me just you know tell him what's going on shit like that. I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe they'll come and get me, you know, or, or some shit, you know? So here, here, here's what this fucking scumbag's answer was. 
He goes, no, tell him like, you know, this, we, we, we promised them that we really got to make this delivery today. Motherfucking mutt, you, you fucking piece of shit. I was flabbergasted. I'm like, I'm like, okay. So am I? I said, and I said to my supervisor, I'm like, so I'm, I'm seriously supposed to drive through Langhorn and and go all the way back to Southampton like Ace Ventura with my head sticking out the window. It's 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 35 degrees outside. I'm like, I made it to the gas station just you know because I had to. I'm like, but that, that sucked. My head was fucking soaked. I was freezing. Oh no, we really got to make that delivery today. So I had to I had to come up with something. I, I channeled my inner John DeClerico. <laughs> I was at a gas station already. So I went over to like, you know, where the thing where you go to wash your windows and I, I stole the squeegee. <laughs> and I John DeClerico'd my way to St. Mary's and then all the way the fuck back to Southampton with my left hand out the window, squeegeeing the fucking windshield. It was unbelievable. So usually, like, when I got back at the end of the day, like, usually those two South Philly guys were leaving for the day. So I would, you know, oftentimes run into them. And they're like, oh, my God, you made it back. Holy shit. They're like, how, how did you do it? I, like, they're like, did you seriously stick your head out the window the entire time? I'm like, no, I, I just stole a squeegee from the gas station. And he's like, and, and, and my supervisor started laughing. He's like, you sick fuck. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not that wasn't sicko. I was in survival mode. I had to do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop at nothing. You know, I had I had to figure it out. I was in survival mode, but that motherfucker made me do that. He made me fucking do that. Do you believe that shit? You can go jump in the fucking lake with that bullshit. But before we get into our weekly segments, I just got to share one thing with you, and, it, and it's it's a real. And if there's one pattern that you see on instagram is it's like a it's a reel where somebody does something and then the second half of the reel is somebody making fun of you know that said thing it's it's a pattern on on instagram it happens all the time so there's one as you guys probably know that's going around with miley cyrus right now now of course i said on this show before you know i i, I believe that she's she's packing some heat i think i, I think she could be a dude she could be, you know. So there's this this interview where she's really showing, <laughs> she's really showing the bass in her voice. And I'll, I'll play the original one first, and then I'll and I'm going to play what I believe is the is the best, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the best roast of it, I guess you would say, because they were doing things where like she would say it, and then they would have like another like deep sound. You know, like whether it was a lawnmower or whatever it was, it, like they were saying, it sounds like her deep voice. Let me play the clip for you first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll follow up with the second one. The journey is usually the part that you remember, anyways. <laughs> I mean, she she gives me a run for my money with with that voice. You know what I'm saying? I, I very curious to see what she's packing under there. But basically what people would do is they would play that clip and then they would play, you know, like you ever hear like that Australian instrument that you blow in? It's like, oh, like shit like that. I found this to be the best one. It's it's sentimental because I love the fucking movie. But I, <laughs> when you talk about unmistakable voices in life, just just check us out. This is great. Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. <laughs> By far the best one, I and I've seen a lot of them. 
Now, if you don't know what that movie clip is, I I, I question you as a listener to the show. <laughs> okay. That's Lou Brown from one of the greatest sports comedy movies ever made, even though they don't make sports comedy, but one of the best sports movies ever made, Major League. That fucking Lou Brown, man. He, <laughs> that fucking movie was great. And if you didn't fucking see Major League, you're a communist and you should stop listening to this podcast right now and turn it on wherever you can fucking find your stream. And that's just the bottom line. And just a quick FYI, it's halftime at the Sixers game right now, game seven here against Boston. If they do lose today, I will give you my season wrap-up after the outro music is over. But we're already over an hour in, and we're finally just getting to the Get Off My Lawn segment for the week. So here it is. What the hell is this? Get off my lawn. What is it, by the way? <laughs> Let me go back to my to my list here. Uh, oh, okay. This is for a AT and T commercial. Okay, <laughs> it's just amazing how you know my generation was was taught like how to get what you want growing up. You know, they basically would say like, all right, if you want, you could be anything that you want to be in life. All you got to do is work hard, you know, keep your head down, you know, stay humble and just, and just go for what you want. If you're hungry enough, you'll get it, you know, but you got, you're going to have to fall down on your face. You're going to take some beatings. You're going to do this and that, and you're going to, all right. I was watching a fucking, (laughs) I'm watching a fucking AT&T commercial, right? And, the, and there's a kid trying to inspire another kid about, you know, what it takes to get what you want in life. And this is what the fucking kid said. Now, I tried up and down to find this commercial on, like, YouTube and shit. I just can't find it because I can't word it right. I, you know, I put an AT&T and in in, in what I'm about to tell you. But anyway, so, you know, the kid's basically like, you know, like, well, what do I got to do? You know, and the kid goes, all it takes is one viral video. Not 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 keep your head down, work hard, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. None of that. All it takes is one viral video. That is what these kids aspire to do these days. And like I said, these these segments this, uh, this week are going to be pretty quick. And it's time for that's fucked up. On today's episode of how fucked up is fucked up. That's fucked up. If you guys, if you guys have been paying attention this week, uh, Robert De Niro has made the news, and not just for the premiere of the About My Father movie with Sebastian Maniscalco. Nope, it was to announce his seventh, the birth of his seventh child. Seven kids for old Bob. How old is Robert De Niro? Anybody know? He's 79. 79. You're already setting that kid up for for, for trauma. Like, it's guaranteed. That, like, De Niro, you're lucky to see this kid go off to grade school. You know, this kid's going to be in second grade and he already lost his father. Could you be that fucking irresponsible to bring a child into this earth at the age of 79? Let's just say, 
you get 10 years. You know, you're 89 years old. A lot of people don't live to be 89 years old. A lot of people don't live to be 80. And you're having a kid where, where most people are already dead. You're already past the life expectancy. You go out and have a kid. And let's say you, you have some miracle. You have like the Betty White gene. You know, that means you'll be taking that kid out for his first beer when you're 95. The fact that Robert De Niro is 79 years old and he's, he brought another kid into the world, that's fucked up. All right, Bob? Now, I got to tell you about this road rage incident that I had the other day that, that almost got real. And I've talked about traffic and road rage incidents on this show plenty of times, and you guys know where I stand. You know, I've said it before. Like, even if you're the one that fucks up, okay, if somebody else starts yelling at you, like, you know, like yelling at you, you're just like, fuck you, (laughs) you know, even though you know you fucked up. So I'm the kind of guy, and I've said this before, that if I'm on a two-lane road and you are going, you know, at an obnoxious amount below the speed limit, I'm going to pass you. They're like, I don't have to, if you want to go out on a Sunday stroll or you just want to go out for a joy ride or whatever the fuck, okay, that's fine. But you're not going to pace my day. I'm going around you. Okay. Now this fuck, I, I don't know what it is. Okay. But it, it, BMWs and Mercedes, every single person that drives one of those cars is an asshole. You're an asshole. And you think, oh, I spent $60,000 on this car. I can do whatever I want. I'm a fuck turn signals. I'm not going to use those. I have a Mercedes. <laughs> and so this jit bag in this fucking white BMW right in front of me, okay? And I'm, you know, running errands as I do. And we're in a 35. We're in a 35, and I was on this dude's ass, and I was doing 20. He was going 15 miles an hour below the speed limit and going 20 miles an hour. So I went around him. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm not living my life at your pace right now, guy. I'm, I'm going past you. That's it. So I go past him. You know, no big deal. It's You're driving slow. I'll go past you. No big deal. Well, he made it a big deal. Okay. Now I look in my rearview mirror and he's driving up on my ass. He's swerving back and forth trying to pass me. And doing all this other nonsense. So I brake checked him. And I brake checked him fucking hard. Like I, my like my tires squealed. And he almost ended up in my trunk. And I wish he fucking would have. Because I would have owned that BMW. There's, there, even, even if I brake check him, he still hit me. You have to have con- <clears throat> control of your car at all times. And if you're riding on my ass and I tap my brakes and you slam into me, you hit me. You're at fault. And there was no reason for you to even do this shit anyway. Because all I did was pass you because you were doing 20 and this guy wouldn't let it go like he's he's like looking at me in the rearview mirror i'm like i'm seeing him like and when i brake checked him i saw his face he's like oh fuck because he almost hit me and you guys know me i i will get into an accident because i'm that petty because <laughs> i was getting money you know i i was i was falling out i was falling out of the car you know oh my spleen <laughs> if that would have happened oh god I want a hundred and fifty thousand. But we can set out of court right now for twenty bucks. Man. 
Now, in the, on this particular road that I was on, there's a few streets where you can make a left, and they actually have like their own little turning lane, like so you can go left, and the people can go by it on the right hand side. Now, this is where I go to pull up to make my left, and he pulls up next to me and stops, and I'm like, "Here we fucking go." Now, this guy was white collar, you know, he he was wearing a shirt and tie, he was a little nothing. I'm like, I'm like, guy, it's 2023. You don't know, like, you know, like. Did I have a gun in the car? No, but how do you know? And how do I know with him? It's the same fucking thing. But he said to me, he I rolled down the window, and he goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? I, I, and, like, I stopped. I'm, I'm like, I'll have a full-blown conversation with this guy at this point. I said, what's wrong with me? I said, you were driving like a cunt. That's what I said. I'm like, you were driving like a cunt, and I went around you, and then you you started with your dickhead shit. That's what's wrong with me. And he's like, oh, fuck it. And as he's spitting out of his fucking mouth, I'm not even hearing what he's saying. I glanced into the back seat of his car. He had a two-year-old in, in the car seat and he's crying. He was crying his eyes out. And that's when I said, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, you were just driving like a dickhead like that. And you got a kid in the fucking car. You scum. And then he fucking pulled off. Fuck you. I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, what if I brake checked him and he slammed the fuck into me? fucking dickhead fucking dickhead do all that shit with a kid in the car I should have got out and fucking beat his ass right in front of his fucking (laughs) right in front of his two year old (laughs) but no am I I in the wrong for that all I wanted to do was like I I, I was living at a faster pace than him I just wanted to go past him I didn't want to do 20 miles an hour I wasn't interested sorry that was all I did was pass him and he started all this freaking nonsense. It was almost like, you know, the people that, you know, they, they start all this shit. I've said this before. They start all this shit and they're screaming and hollering, getting in people's faces and daring them to fucking hit them. And then when they finally get hit, they play the victim. All I did was pass you, guy. That was it. And and, and you got to throw these tantrums back here. You knew you were doing 20. You knew you were being a dipshit. Why are you getting mad for me passing you, you fucking asshole? It's unbelievable, these people around here these days. Now, I got to tell you, <laughs> I got to tell you, I've, I've <clears throat> you guys remember the, you know, the infamous fruit fly story that I had that made the best of season two and, and got a ton of messages too. And I, I'm here to tell you again about this product. All right. Now the, the brand of this product is called Zevo. This is what I used. As you, if you guys can remember, I tried everything. I ordered shit from Amazon to get rid of these fucking things. You know, I got all kinds of, you know, I did, the, I did the vinegar and the, and the, and the schminiger and the, and the honey and the, all the bullshit. I did it all and none of it worked. And then I got this fucking Zevo spray and I started picking people off. I started picking them off like fighter jets. Just like I said, Now, when you get in the spring, it's weird, you know, especially if you're like an older place. Like these, there's certain insects that just sort of like hibernate for the winter, like wherever it is in woodwork or, or whatever it is. But when it, when we get to where we're at now, like in May, when it gets to be like 70 and 80 degrees, like constantly, they start, you know, surfacing, you know. And for me on the, on the balcony, it's carpenter bees and I fucking hate them things. I, I fucking hate them. Because they're, they're not at all embarrassed or ashamed, like a lanternfly, to dive bomb you right in the face. They'll fly right at you. 
And when I talked about them on this show before, I said, look, man, you know, like, like people were like, oh, they don't stink. Yeah, the fuck they do. The females do if you piss them off and it can kill you. So I'm not really excited about carpenter bees dive bombing me, you know? So I figured I would go have a little fun. <laughs> but before I get into that, I went to the bathroom, right? And I was coming out of the bathroom. Now, at the end of the hallway from my bathroom, there's like a little archway that, that's in the hallway. And it's like kind of where like the fire alarm is and shit like that. And so I come out of the bathroom. It was so weird. I look next to the fire alarm and, and there's a fucking, there was a, a yellow jacket, like a bee. In the, I have, how the fuck did that get in here? You know, so I'm like, all right, well, before I go outside and start taking target practice, I might as well, you know, eliminate you. So I went and got my trusty Zevo spray, right? Nonchalant, just walk over, hold it up, aim, two little pumps, pop, pop. Hits the fucking bee. It falls all the way to the ground, squirm for three seconds, dead. That shit will kill you on contact. I love this shit. Not only that, remember I told you guys about, you know, the, how the smell, it smells like gasoline. I, I, I'm pretty sure it is at this point. <clears throat> now, the thing about the carpenter bees is, like I said, they're not, they're not at all afraid to, uh, you know, to go in your face and dive bomb you and shit like that. But the problem is in the daytime when they're like out, if I open, as soon as I open the door, it's like, it's, he's in my face. Like, yeah, what do you, what, uh, like right, right in my fucking face. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I knew that I had to get like, you know, like, like Edward Norton in American history X, like when he shot the guys trying to rob his house, it was just like, kick the fucking thing open and just start spraying, <laughs> you know, it's exactly what the fuck I did. Now, if you look at a carpenter bee versus a fruit fly, I am dealing with a much larger, much easier target to hit. This thing is like the Goodyear blimp compared to a fucking fruit fly. I went out there and I just started. It was like fucking. It was like the fucking Korean War. These things were flying out of the sky, just dropping dead immediately on contact. And here's the thing. There's so many of them goddamn carpenter bees like in the wood beams on my freaking balcony that like when I'm sitting on the balcony at night, like at this time of the year, I can hear them, you know, like boring their way through and scratching and doing whatever the fuck it is that they do in that goddamn thing. But I sprayed so much of this shit and I was, and you can see the little sawdust that they create from the holes that they create. I fuck, I, I took all that out too. I got that Zevo spray and just soaked the whole thing of like where they normally go. And I think they're smelling it because I'm not, I, I haven't seen one. It's like daytime and I haven't seen one. So, you know, that that's a plus because I hate, you know, you guys don't know how I feel about that kind of shit. I, I hate it. So this is a public service announcement. If you are looking for bug spray that kills on contact and it, it actually makes it a game and it's fun. You get yourself a bottle of Zevo. You can probably get it on Amazon as well as you can in Target, but it's just fun. As a matter of fact, if you if, if you don't even have any kind of insects in your house, just do it on a random Wednesday afternoon. Just go out there with the, with the thing and just start, you know, start picking insects out of the sky. <laughs> God, I remember one time, man, I had this fucking slumlord. The first landlord I ever had, the place that I live with my dad, I had this fucking slumlord. I, I hated him. He would, he just, he was just such a freaking scumbag. Like, I'll give you an example. This motherfucker, okay, he 
made us you know it was oil heat and we had to pay for it right and it was like $350 a month. I'm like, $300 for a, for a two-bedroom apartment? That's ridiculous. You know, I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around it. Now, I do understand, like, the place wasn't it wasn't insulated. The windows were from the Lincoln administration. And so was, like, the front door. The front door, like, there was actually cracks in it that you can actually see through and, like, see outside. So it got fucking cold. And that apartment used to have to keep the thermostat at, like, 79 just to get it to, like, 68. All right, and then and then we would always run out of oil early because because of that. When you run out of oil, you got to get up in a freezing cold house and get guess what you get to do? Take a cold shower. <clears throat> so one day, this is after my dad left, and he would you know like he would basically like tell me how much the, the bill was. Oh, it was three seventeen, you know, it was three sixteen, it was three twenty eight, you know, like whatever it was, right? And one day, I guess the guy that was like the route driver. To, to fill up the oil automatically i guess like he called out that day and another guy came in now i lived he owned the whole lot it was a body shop i, t- I think i told you guys this before it's a body shop like a mechanic you know and another mechanic and he, ho- he owned the whole lot well it turned out the guy fucking the guy who was driving the truck put the goddamn receipt in my mailbox and 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 the 370 dollars that i was paying or whatever it was was to heat the goddamn body shop I'm like, what what kind of scumbag shit is that? Anyway, so the place is so old and rickety and run down that, you know, again, like there was like, you know, insects waiting, waiting, you know? So one, two times this happened. One time something happened. My bedroom was right next to the bathroom and there, it wasn't a pipe burst, but there was some kind of sealant or something that like that broke and all this water started running into my bedroom, like to the point where, you know, the, the carpet, when I walked on the carpet, I would step on it and like, and be submerged in water. To the point where I had to, you know, he had to fix it. And then I had to go, you know, rip up the carpet and put a new carpet down. All the bullshit, right? So it happened again a couple years later. Me and my girlfriend were out. I forget where we were. And we get back. It's like midnight. And, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. We went down the shore from like Thursday to Sunday. Now, that's right. And Sunday we come home and apparently that sealant thing happened again. And, and, and it was like it was, the water was running in there for four fucking days. I'm like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. No, I didn't see this yet. But I walked in, and you, I could smell it. Like, you could just smell it. was, like, moldy and shit. I'm like, motherfucker, you know? So I go and walk into my room. I'm like, because as soon as I smelled something, I'm like, oh, no, don't tell me that fucking my room soaked again. So I walk in, okay? And I, I, I shit you not. There was like 200 flies in the room. I guess the water, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how they operate, but there was 200 flies in the room. And as soon as, as soon as I opened the door and saw that, my girlfriend's like, I'm not sleeping here. <laughs> I'm like, we can always go in the other bedroom, you know, because my dad was gone at another bedroom. But so <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, man, if I, if I, if Zevo was invented at this time, I would have had a fucking field day. And I'm like, don't worry. I'm like, I'm like, even if we don't sleep in here, we can sleep in the other room. I'm like, but I'll get them out of there. And she goes, how are you going to get them the fuck out of there? She's like, you know how hard it is to kill a fly? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I know exactly how hard it is to kill a fly. <laughs> I'm talking like a house fly. You know what I'm saying? Those things are freaking ninjas. You know, they're a pain in the dick to kill. But I'm like, I, I, you know, you guys know me. Now I know that there's a situation in that bedroom and I am not going to stop. I will not continue living my life until I, I take the 200th carcass out of that room. You could take that to the bank. <laughs>
I don't fucking, I don't do insects. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <sighs> I went in there with a newspaper. <laughs> and I got every fucking one of them. It took me about an hour and a half. But it got to a point where it was like, you know, like if they're laying on the wall, I got that newspaper. I was getting them. There was like blood stains on my fucking wall, my ceiling, and my blinds and shit. But, the, you know, the rug was still, so I had to rip the rug up, and I had to do the thing. You had to fix it again, and I just, I kept I kept the, the rug off this time. I just, you know, kept, kept the tile floor. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen again because you're a fucking slumlord piece of shit. And that's all I got for you guys this week. Whew. This is a long one today. This is, a, this is, you know, over an hour and 20 minutes again. Celtics are now up 12, so you might even be getting another 20 minutes that still remains to be seen. It's more work for me, but I don't really want to wait a week if they lose to do that. Or be fresh. Be the first guy. You know? Report the right news. Tell you what I really think of this fucking team. (laughs) Two weeks ago, 67 new listeners. The week after that, I think it was 69. And I'd like to welcome the new two people who joined in last week. No, <laughs> oh, no, but it's, it's it's been good, and we are getting dangerously close to episode 100, so that's going to be pretty exciting. And if you need to get a hold of me, Christian at the crodpodcast.com. You can get me on Facebook Messenger, or you can text or call me if you have my number. And as always, the C-Rod Podcast is written, mixed, mastered, and produced by yours truly. And like I said, it'll be after the outro music if the, if the Sixers lose. But they're down 12 in the third quarter, and it's not looking good. So, we will see what happens. And until next week, this is Christian Rodriguez saying, be awake, not woke. Beat your fucking kids. Take care. Special segment here on the C-Rod Podcast for the third straight year, talking about this team. Now, what I'm going to do is first, I'm just going to go over what 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 just happened, okay? And then I'm going to tell you like what we need to do. It's what I've been saying for two years. Is this is pretty much going to be very similar to those two things. Now we're in Game Seven. Now, of course, it's in Boston. I get that. I understand. You know. But you did win two two times in their building, okay? And, you know, you've had some Game 7s here as a franchise. Doc Rivers had a Game 7 here as the coach. And, you know, usually with experience comes, like, now I know what to expect in a Game 7. Doc Rivers is now 7-10 and 10 in Game 7s as a head coach in the NBA. 7-10. and 10. And Joel Embiid, he's 0-3 in Game 7s in his career. 
Game sevens are so much different than even the series play, but, you know, fuck the regular season. But game sevens are just different because everybody gets into desperation mode. And you're either the rabid wolf or you're the sheep. And year in and year out, Joel Embiid is the sheep. I'm going to get on him. Don't, Don't worry. But let's just go through the brass tacks of the game. Who wanted the game more? Who is a killer in game seven? Who's the guy that'll say, get the fuck out of the way, guys. I got this. It should be Joel Embiid. He's the reigning MVP. It should be him saying, listen, guys, as long as you guys just do your job, I, I got this. I'm going to go out and get you 40, and we're, and we're going to win this fucking thing. Like, I've, I've lost two game sevens already. I, I, we're not, there's no fucking way we're losing this game. But instead, Jason Tatum was the guy that said that. Now, let's just go over. I want to, here's what I want to do, okay? Because the marquee matchup, all right, it was the two bigs, Embiid and Harden versus Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. In game seven, all right, this is this I, this is what I want to go over. This is this is hilarious. This is this is tells you everything. Joel Embiid's line was he had 15 points, shot a putrid five of 18. That's about 33 percent from the field. Oh for four from three, four turnovers in a game seven. That's your MVP in a game seven. I don't care if he's hurt. I don't, I don't care. You, there's no excuses. You, if you're on that court, you can't use an injury as an excuse. I'm sorry. All right, now James Harden, the second guy, the second option. Nine points. Three of 11 from the field. Five turnovers. All right, so you're, you're, you're big two. You're, you're the two guys that are supposed to get you to the promised land combined for 24 points on eight of 29 from the field. Harden didn't attempt a three because the one that he did attempt, he missed everything. It was an air ball, so that it didn't count as an attempt. And they combined for nine turnovers together. Okay, so you scored 24 points. What did Tatum have? Oh, he had half a hundred. I forgot. He dropped 51. That is what a killer does in a game seven in the NBA. Jason Tatum alone scored twice as many points as Embiid and Harden did, plus three. Twice as many points. The, the, Tatum scored more than our two stars put together. Oh, what about Jalen Brown, you, you might ask? Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he played too. Jalen Brown had 25 points. So the second option on the Boston Celtics scored one more point than both of your big guys that are supposed to get you there combined. And Tatum did it on 17-28 shooting. They combined for 8 for 29. He did it on 17 to 28. Because he Tatum can play with the lights on. Harden and Embiid can't. And and let's talk about the elimination game last year. The same fucking thing happened. James Harden took two shots in the second half, had 11 points. Embiid put the puss on. Like The thing was, when you saw this game getting away, any time they panned to Doc Rivers or Joel Embiid, they had to look on their face like, oh, fuck, it's happening again. Game six, you, you had this series. You had them on the ropes. You had them 3-2 at home. There was no excuse for the reason that, that, that got back to Boston. It should have never happened. 
You fought and fought and fought that entire game six to come back and then finally take a nice little sizable lead, and then next thing you know, there's four minutes left in the fourth quarter, and Harden and Embiid disappear, as they always do in the big moment. That team quit in game six, and Jason Tatum wanted it more. Their backs were against the wall. It was an elimination game. Tatum was 0 for 100 in the first half, but in the last quarter, he outscored the entire Sixers team. He found it. Like You find that gear. You find that gene. When your back is against the wall and it's time to go home, you find it. You either have it or you don't. You can't teach that. James Harden does not possess that gene. Joel Embiid does not possess that gene. Jason Tatum does. And that is going to haunt us for the rest for the rest of his career because we had to have Markel Fultz. He was the can't-miss pick, Markel Fultz was. We had the number two pick, remember? And we traded with Boston, who had the number one pick, and gave them another first-round pick. We pick Markel Fultz. They take Jason Tatum when we could have stayed right where the fuck we were and had Jason Tatum, or we could have picked them first instead of fucking Markel Fultz. They'd have Tatum and Embiid. Can you imagine that? (sighs) Now, I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. (laughs) I'm not even mad that they lost. You know what I'm mad at? I'm mad at all the people who have called me crazy the last two years when I said trade Embiid and blow this fucking thing up because with Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid, you will never get out of the second fucking round. I say it every year. I gave up on this team after the Hawks series two years ago. I said this is the, this is going to be the same movie every single year. And this year, I did not watch one regular season game, primarily because of Kate Scott. I, can't, I, I, I just can't look listen to her. I just can't do it. I said I'll wait to the playoffs. But for that reason, everybody's going, oh, they're really good this year. Oh, really good. I said, I said you, you just don't – I mean, you're falling for fool's gold at this point. I'm like, they're going to get into the second round, and they're, they're not going to beat the Celtics or the Bucs. Now, the Bucs you know, got knocked out, but they were in the Celtics bracket anyway. When I saw the Sixers were in the Celtics bracket for the second round, I said, this is over. It, it's over. I don't care what they do to Brooklyn. They do that every year. They, they make an ass out of the lower-seeded team. Okay, you swept the Nets. Good. That's great. You know, the other year it was they beat the Wizards up in five. You know, I don't care about that. So after the Ben Simmons debacle, after he held us hostage a final season, I said, here's what you got. I said, all right, they traded for Harden, you know, midway through that year. And I said, if they don't win, if they don't win the finals, this is last year, if they don't win the NBA title this year, I'm firing Doc Rivers, I'm letting Harden walk, and I'm trading Joel Embiid. Because it's you're never it's never going to happen. And 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 what I'm mad at is everybody called me crazy. You're fucking crazy, Trey Joel Embiid. You're fucking nuts. Are you, are you watching what I'm watching? I I don't care. Listen to me. I don't care if the guy can score 35 a night. I don't care if, if, if he's seven foot and plays like a guard. I, I don't care what he does on Instagram. I don't care that he won the MVP. He can't get out of the second round because he, he like, okay, you score 35 a night in the regular season and even in playoff games, but when, when the lights are shining the brightest every single time, you come up small. Four turnovers from one player is absolutely unacceptable, and he's done that in every other elimination game we've been in primarily in the fourth quarter when it's time to man up and, and kill and he doesn't do it he doesn't have he does not have that gene 
So here's what you have to do if you're Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, if you want to save your job, this is what you need to do. First of all, you got to zip the coach. And, I, and I, I'm not even going to say that this one was his fault. This, this is not on Doc Rivers, but three straight second-round exits as, 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 as an NBA coach, you're done. In fact, in the last five years, okay, coaches who have either won the NBA title or made it to the finals are currently unemployed. Nick Nurse got fired. He, he won it in 2018. They fired him. Monty Williams just got fired. He took the Phoenix Suns to the finals last year or, the year, or whatever, year, year before maybe. Mike Budenholzer. The Bucks coach won won the title with Giannis. He's unemployed. So how are you going to let Doc Rivers have three straight second-round exits when you were expected to be a title contender and let him keep his job? If you do that, you're out. Maury, I'm sorry. You're out. You have to trade Joel Embiid. You have to do I said this last year. If, if, two years ago, I'm sorry. you got to trade him. You're never going to – let me tell you something. You're never going to get more – for Joel Embiid than you will get right now. He's the reigning MVP. And even with the second-round exits and the injuries and all that shit, every team right now, that now that the Sixers are eliminated in the second round, they're all going to call – every single team is going to call Daryl Morey about Joel Embiid. You could take that to the bank. Because there's always going to be that guy out there, like that that GM out there. It's like, oh, man, if I can get Embiid in this situation with this coach and these players, we're, we're unbeatable because they don't watch him every night like we do. But you will get a king's ransom for him. And I said this the last two years. I mean, I've, I've done two segments. This is my third segment on the Sixers in as many seasons. Tyrese Maxey is the future of this franchise. The process is over. And, and, and what a catastrophical disaster the process was and what they put us fans through. Josh Harris should be ashamed of himself. He came in here and basically said, look, we're going to suck for four years on purpose. You're going to have to watch us win 10 games. But once that's over, we're going to get top five pick after top five pick after top five pick, and we're going to have fucking money. And we're going to go get, you know, veteran max players. We're going to bring them in, and you guys are going to have an embarrassment of NBA titles. And we said, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. You know, we'll, you know, we'll get five parades, and we'll have five rings and all this other shit. So let's go, let's go down that process real quick. The process started in 2012 after they zipped Doug Collins after they lost in seven games to who? The Boston Celtics. All right. Now, that first year, they had two top 10 picks. They took Michael Carter-Williams and they took Nerlens Noel. Both of them are, are barely even in the league anymore. They're, they're barely sniffing bench minutes, let alone being like prominent factors on any NBA team. All right, and then 2014, in 2014, you picked Embiid. He didn't play for two years. All right, 2015, you picked Jalil Okafor, who was a, a complete bust. He's not in the league anymore. Then you picked Ben Simmons, who's probably not going to be in the league ever again. You picked Markel Fultz, who's who's barely in. I mean, he's he's nothing for Orlando. He gets maybe 10 points a night. He ain't nothing. Then, then you traded Mikael Bridges. You, you drafted Mikael Bridges, he's, who is a, 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 a fantastic player in this league. And he was over the moon because he's from Philly. His mother worked in HR for the Sixers. And they turned around and traded him for Jair Smith, who is no longer in the league also. So out of all those years of the process, the only pick that you hit on was Joe Embiid, and it turns out he's not the guy. 
So you put us through all this agony for nothing. You basically put us through four years of playing shit basketball and a shit product for six straight second round. I'm sorry, five second round exits and, and a first round sweep in the bubble year against who? The Boston Celtics. Don't you think you should be taking playbooks from the front office and the coaching of the Boston Celtics since they beat you every fucking time? This is Tyrese Maxey's team. That guy's a winner, okay? Tyrese Maxey is a fucking winner, all right? And he's only 22 years old. Look what he's doing at 22. Can you imagine when he's 25, 26, what, what this kid's going to be doing? So if you trade Embiid, you will get the most for him right now. If if he plays out next year, he's you are not going to get nearly what you can get for him right now because they're going to be like, all right, well, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's a big. He gets hurt too much. He plays. He doesn't play within himself, so he's going to injure himself all the time like he does. He's got a two-cent head, Joel Embiid. He, he, all he cares about is Instagram followers and being the MVP. The way I saw him when he when he found out, he was sitting in a hotel room with a, or a lobby or something with all the team, and they announce it on the TV, and he starts crying. You're crying? Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying. <laughs> Miss me with that shit, bro. And then, and then he gives the big speech before the fucking game, brings his son out and all this kind of shit. You didn't win the title. You won an MVP. And he cried about it every year when he didn't win it. It was almost like they gave it to him to shut him the fuck up. And it was clear that that was, that was the, the, uh, the award that he coveted, not the NBA title. He covets the MVP more. He's just not a killer. He's not, he doesn't have that Kobe, Jordan. He doesn't have that. Allen Iverson took a bunch of fucking plumbers to the NBA Finals. Embiid has has had big team after big team after big team, can't get out of the second round. In 01, when Iverson won the MVP, he said, get the fuck out of the just give me the ball and get out of the way. And he wheeled them to the finals on his back because he was a killer. And, you know, you run into the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, you know, what, what, do, you, what do you want to do? Harden has an option for $36.6 million next year, and I, I, I truly believe he's going to go back to Houston. So you, there's $36 million back that you have. You're going to get a king's ransom for Joel Embiid. You'll get all your draft picks back. You'll get draft pick swaps back. You'll probably get an all-star player and a borderline all-star. I think I said this last year, like the Harden trade from Brooklyn. Like They got Jared Allen, who's an all-star. They got Karis LeVert, who's a fucking great player. And they got four first-round picks and four first-round swaps. That that was MVP James Harden. And you're going to trade MVP Joel Embiid, and you're going to get the same thing back. So if I'm going to add an all-star, you know, a borderline all-star starter to to Tyrese Maxey, and this is the last year with Tobias Harris, and I get all these draft picks back, it's not like they got to have some wild rebuild. They don't. You just got to get the right coach in here for once. But I've seen all I need to see, and I saw it two years ago. I, I, you know, I even said it to my brother in the beginning of this series. He said Sixers and six. I said Celtics and seven. And not only did they lose in seven, but it's the way that they lost. You know, in game six, you basically quit in the last four minutes, and in game seven, it was like you. you as soon as George Niang, I don't even know what the fuck he was thinking when George Niang grabbed Jalen Brown's balls and tried to fucking hold him up from getting back on defense and they got the double tactical, that's when the whole game fell apart. 
and Joel Embiid started putting on the puss because when he, when he doesn't get what he wants, he puts on the puss. He's just a baby. He's not a man. And the only way Joel Embiid will ever win a championship is if, if he's the second option. Like you got to get you got to get an alpha male in there, not 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 this fucking guy. Oh wow, Joe, you're you're the best troll in the league on Instagram. Whew, that's great. Oh, you won the MVP after you cried for the to the people who voted on it for the last three years. They just put a lollipop in your mouth because you were crying. But he's 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 stupid. The guy's just dumb. He makes dumb decisions, and every single time when the lights are on, he fucking doesn't show up. That's all there is to it. I don't know what else to say. I don't know how else I can explain it to people that, you know, this should have been done last year. But if I'm telling you right now, if Daryl Morey does not fire Doc Rivers, trade Embiid, let Harden walk. And I'm not trying to sound like, like you know, a Nagadelphian, like, I'll blow it all up. I've been saying this for years. And now, and now after they lost this game, I'm seeing all these people on Facebook saying the same thing I've been saying for the last two years, and they called me crazy when I said it. And that's why I'm pissed off. But it's clear what they need to do. I mean, I, I gave Nick Sirianni the blueprint to winning the Super Bowl, and he got halfway there. Now I'm telling you what you need to do, Daryl Morey, for this fucking team. This is done. The process is over. It was a colossal failure. Okay, let's just, you know, lick our wounds and just get the fuck out of here. Like, it's time. It's over. The process is over. Time to blow it up, Daryl. If I'm here having this conversation next year and Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid are still on his name, I might hang myself. But like I said, when they traded for James Harden, I said it that day on Facebook. I said, for all you people who are getting all geeked up thinking they're going to win, James Harden's not a winning player and neither is Embiid. I hate to tell it to you. And it was just proven here in a game seven. They got outscored by one player. And that was their second option. The first option got twice as many points as you combined in the big lights. And that's not the first time this has happened. It's time to go. I've seen this movie. I've seen all I need to see. Ball's in your court, Daryl Morey. Let's see what you do this summer because... Embiid, Harden, and Rivers cannot be on this team next year. If you want any chance of either keeping your job or or putting this franchise in the right direction to put this process behind us and start moving forward again as a team. And Joel Embiid is your ticket to do that. All those draft picks that you gave away, by the way, you did give two up in the in the Ben Simmons deal, let's not forget. You guys got like one pick in the, in the next six years. You better get him back. And Embiid's the key to do that. Process failed. Blow it up. See you guys next week.